Hey, drama listeners, Pride Month is in full swing, and we are so gagged to have Ms. Peppermint from RuPaul's Drag Race on the pod today. If you're a Drag Race fan like me, you'll also have to check out our past episodes with Jackie Cox and Alexis Michelle from our fabulous catalog. I'm happy to share that we've also just released our Summer of Drama limited edition merchandise, including slim can koozies, hats, and wine tumblers, as well as our gorge Pride clothing. All are available via the links in the description. Consider supporting the pod that way or joining our exclusive subscriber platform, Patreon, for $5 a month to get bonus episodes, access to Insta-close friends, and our eternal love. Okay, now let's take it to the runway. Runway. Press play. Curtain of an hour in. It's time to take skin. The shade and tea to spill. Ooh, drama. Oh, that's a tweet. Did they book? Who got an on the option? No, oh, I'm not well. What, what star will we talk to today? today? Oh, that's a gag, honey. Say no more. Drama. 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 Welcome to Drama, a podcast that covers theater, pop culture, love, and life in New York City and and the, the world. world. I'm Connor McDowell. And I'm Dylan McDowell. And, you know, I think both of us sound a little raspy. We're a little bit hoarse today. I'm unwell. Because at least, at least in Ohio, things have opened up rather quickly. Okay, on last week's podcast, we were talking about how, like, pretty soon you won't have to wear masks to go into bars. Well, it is... It's that was that was recorded in the past. Spoiler, and now we are fully was. in the middle of Pride Month, and in Ohio, you can do whatever you damn please, and it is yes. F- we we've been having too much fun, especially last weekend. Uh-huh. What we could only describe as a four day bender. <laughs> I'm like fully on <laughs> antibiotics right now. <laughs> I just have to admit this to everyone. I know I I don't my body wasn't ready to um, interact with so many people and so many I guess germs after like fifteen months. So I think it's just my body's taking revenge on me because I was That's okay. I thankfully wasn't sick the entire pandemic and even like in the months mm-hmm. leading up to it. So it, I'm being a big baby. Thank goodness I never got COVID because I truly would have been like ridiculous. I would have sent you away for someone else to take care of you because I wouldn't have been able to handle Dylan, it. Dylan, did you have fun last weekend? I had the best time. It was a reunion weekend. Wait, we saw Heidi in closet. We did see Heidi. It was amazing. She's so great. She slayed. It was great to see someone live, especially from season 12, who, you know, they didn't really get the chance to make the rounds, but um, she was amazing. We had a little reunion weekend with our friends Poot and Isaiah and Isaac, and of course, my boyfriend Hunter. And it was just, it was really the best weekend I've had in ages. Oh my God. So I agree. It was a blast. If anyone who's following along with us saw, it was as unwell as it seemed, but in the best way. Um, anyways, I think we need to jump into this episode, you know, in in spirit of pride and talking about Heidi and drag race and queens and things like that. I think we need to bring in our guest because I said this to her beforehand, but when we made the list of who we wanted on the podcast in the first five names was today's guest. Absolutely. So I'm going to bring, I'm going to bring her in. All right. Our guest today is a legendary queen from NYC, a fixture of Manhattan nightlife for nearly two decades. She is a drag entertainer, actress, singer, songwriter, television personality, and activist. Our guest is perhaps best known as the runner-up on RuPaul's Drag Race Season 9, proving herself as a lip-sync assassin, fashionista, and minty fresh sensation. Her television appearances have continued, including her memorable and powerful turn as Miss Euphoria on Pose. She also played the role of Pastor Olivia 
Garcia, the leader of an LGBTQ-friendly congregation, on God Friended Me. Her story was made in 2018 when our guest became the first trans woman to originate a lead role on Broadway in Head Over Heels, starring as Pythio, the Oracle of Delphi. Her music career includes her latest EP, A Girl Like Me, Letters to My Lovers, including the incredible single Best Sex. It is available now along with her extensive collection of gag-worthy original songs. You know her Twitch series, Pep Talks, as well as from the roundtable show Translation and the upcoming drag series, Call Me Mother, on Ouch TV. She was a nominee for Outstanding Music Artist at the 2021 GLAAD Media Awards. And don't forget that she is the number one queen. It's P-E-P-P-E-R, bitch. You know the rest. Please welcome to drama, Peppermint. Peppermint. Wow, what a, I have to bring you two with me every time I need a damn introduction. Thank you. I thought you'd never ask, Peppermint. Peppermint, welcome to drama. This is, we, we're, we're gagged. I'm gagged. I'm so happy to be here with y'all. And I'm just in, I didn't know that you two were twins. And now I'm like seeing double and I love it. And I feel like you were telling the story of my life when you were talking about getting out for the first time. We opened in New York uh, a little bit, I guess a little bit before mm-hmm. Ohio. It's been a few weeks now. And um, yeah, you know, that clinic is going to be jumping during that part. <laughs> <laughs> have you been hitting the streets already? Have you done, have you been performing yet? I haven't been performing. Oddly enough, most of the stuff that has like rolled across my calendar during uh, the beginning of Pride Month and lately has has still been virtual stuff. You know, I hate to say I was with a friend last night, Corey Tutt, who's a a good friend and one of my co-writers and co-producers. And um, I think like Zooms and all that, they're here to stay. I really do think so. I think there's going to be a big chunk of our lives that are now going to be more digital than ever. And I think that's just going to get us into a situation where we're now we're one step closer to living in space. (laughs) (laughs) Will you be the first drag queen to perform in space? Yes. You know, I will. (laughs) Hello. Trailblazer. (laughs) Oh, my God. I know. But you're right. The clinics, the lines are going to be down the street and around the block for real. (laughs) It's crazy. People don't know what to do with themselves, honey. Oh my God. Well, this is so exciting. So Peppermint, I guess this is the moment I ask, are you well? I am fabulous. Thank you very much. Uh, I'm a little more stressed than usual because this this time of year uh, is when things are touch and go and they're lined up one after another. Gigs on gigs on gigs on gigs. This is that very much Lady Gaga Plane, bus, club, another club, another club, bus, Mm -hmm. train, no sleep moment. Uh, But I wouldn't have it any other way. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Yes, it is. And everyone deserves to see Peppermint. Like that is, that's the tea. And I am obsessed with your new music. Well, I guess it's sort of new. It's like as of the fall, I would say maybe. Yeah, it came out in the fall. Mm Mm-hmm. Love it. It's new in in to some. (laughs) Yeah. Do you have any more coming down the pipeline? Oh, yeah. The album is based on a relationship that I was in, and it was a long relationship, the longest one I've ever had. And so when I sat down to write, we ended up with a whole bunch of songs and where I really wanted to tell the story of the relationship, the beginning, middle and end. And so Mm -hmm. we decided to do three EPs to represent each one of those parts. And so the beginning came out, it's now out, and then the middle and the end are soon to follow. And so I don't have a release date for the next EP, but it, it's the middle of the relationship and it comes out sometime soon. <laughs> and that's, that's the juicy stuff right there in the middle. Yeah. <laughs> a, lot, a lot of life, a lot of life was lived at that point. 
Exactly. This is such an interesting concept. And I, I have to think maybe you're looking in, internally at this relationship more than most people do. You know, you're spending so much time processing every emotion. I'm spending a lot of time with it. Yeah. If, if you don't already have closure, I am, I imagine that hopefully by the end of it, you'll have found it, you know? I think so. This The album is certainly helping me. And I mean, the bottom line is, you know, usually, like you said, a breakup, a, rela- a relationship and a breakup. I think we focus on the breakup. Like at the end of a relationship, when it's over, we mm-hmm. focus on a breakup. We focus on how it ended and and how we felt. And and that lasts a long time. And I guess it should. It's it's human. But uh, this project has really, it's been cathartic and it's enabled me to really take something that caused me so much pain and sorrow and sadness and all the negative feelings after the, that I was feeling after the breakup and turn all of that into something that I'm so proud of. It's so interesting, but I'm so proud of this work. You know, you should be, I, it's also very uniquely like the, the track listing is so beautiful. The way there's those little interludes in between like the, the diary entries, so to speak mm-hmm. between each song. Thank it's, you. it's fascinating. It, it kind of reminds me of like a Jasmine Sullivan's album. Oh yeah. It's very Jasmine Sullivan. Even though she came out in, in the two thousands, the, the creation, I don't know anything about the creation of her album, but the, <laughs> I would imagine at least, at least the presentation of it felt very nineties to me. Mm-hmm. That's like the, the groove of the album is very like, old school 90s, late 90s, early 2000s. I love it. And that's like, I feel like in many ways, like the New York city that I always dreamed of, you know, like growing up, it was always like, oh, that's this. It's like that sex in the city, mm-hmm. New York. Glitter, Mariah Carey's glitter. Mm-hmm. It's New York. I, I don't really talk about the location that much in on the album, like in any of the songs. I don't really think I mention it much, but um it certainly is like a character, you know, in the in the story, mm. as it always will be with me. Most most things, except for my new single, but it, <laughs> it was it was a backdrop of the relationship, and it's where we mm-hmm. where we spent all of our time in my apartment, which is so very New York. And so, yeah, oh yes, <laughs> I love it. Okay, so obviously New York has you've been in there. You've been in New York since the early two thousands. You you went to AMDA. I've been in New York since the nineties. To the nineties. Okay. Okay. Even <laughs> still, but where, where is home? Like before all of this, I grew up in Delaware, but I Delaware, was okay. born in Pennsylvania in Hershey, Pennsylvania. Love that Hershey. I see a little tie. Eventually do another candy. The name peppermint coming in there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Where did the name peppermint come from? It's, you know, my favorite candy. And I was like with some dude, his name was James. And he asked me, um, I, I'm, was just sitting in the parking lot with him as a girl does mm-hmm. <laughs> this parking lot of 7-Eleven because there's nowhere to go. And um, I was eating peppermints and he was like, you should just name yourself peppermint. And I was like, okay. <laughs> and I just did. And that, it's not that exciting, wow. but that's how I got my name. No, I love it. It's it's beautiful and it's natural and organic and, and it's so iconic. I mean, everybody knows peppermint. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. When did you start performing in the New York nightlife scene? In the 90s. (laughs) (laughs) I came to New York in search of finding my people, whatever that means. Creative people, queer people, both. Initially, I was going to go to Philly, but I didn't get accepted to school there. So to answer your question, yes, I did go to AMDA. That's right. And I uh, was in school and I I don't think I was in school for more than a week before I was already at the club. (laughs) 
you know, and I was there every weekend. And then that became like every, every Saturday. And then it was every Saturday and Sunday. Well, not Sundays. Sundays was hip hop night. So I wasn't, I wasn't there because there were a lot of people getting shot on, there were, um, that's when like the tunnel was infamous for like a lot of the deaths and murders, which is the nightclub I worked at. Oh my God. And the, a lot of people were getting hurt on Sundays. <laughs> it was getting kind of rough, but I was there on Fridays and Saturdays. Uh, I just ended up working there all the time. And then eventually working at the limelight and then working at um, just like all these different clubs. And that's how you start to make a little bit of a splash in a name, whether you're like doing a, like a typical drag show or you're just, you're just going to the club, which is, that was a lot of the nineties was just like, everyone come, come to the party, you know, even, and we, you knew drag entertainers or Queens and club kids, you just by like recognition, not by, because of their performance style. There were some people who were like, Oh my gosh, I get to see you perform for the first time. I've known you for a year. Can't wait. And then you're like, Oh, and so, <laughs> you know, there was a lot of that, but never with me, obviously. <laughs> I hope not. I no, don't never. Know. So now, did you have sort of like, was it more of a communal like process of becoming a queen and going out on the town? Or was, did you have some sort of like a drag family or a mother? We were like a drag gang. We, I didn't have oh, a drag wow. mother. It wasn't this kind of the typical story. And, it, you know, the way that it's told these days for a lot of people, it's like, this is my drag mother and that's my drag daughter. And then they put mm-hmm. me in drag for the first time and then they have more drag children. And it wasn't, there wasn't really much a lineage. This is like a bunch of people who all happen to be drunk and high at the same club. <laughs> and everybody had makeup smear across their face. Hey, hey, you. Okay, me too. Let's go. That was it. And we just did that every week. These queens were my sisters for sure. Mm-hmm. And they were the ones who were high. I was like looking at everybody like, what is going on up in here? But I was having so much fun. <laughs> and it was almost like the the family aspect of it really came out of, it, like you said, it was communal. The family aspect really came through just being at the club because, you know, there was no Instagram. No one had cell phones. <laughs> God. There was no way, like maybe people had email, but email was like for work at that time. And right. so okay. like okay. you had people's phone numbers and you call them and you leave them a message and they would get it when they got mm-hmm. home. That was it. Did you have a pager? Oh, God, yeah, I had a pager for sure. Yes. <laughs> and you would tell people, you'd be like, okay, I'll see you at the club on Thursday. And these are people that you don't even have their number. You'd be like, okay, you dress like a chicken. You're here like a chicken every week. I love you. I'll see you on third. You're going to be at such and such. I'll see you there. And then when you're there, you look for the person dressed like a chicken. And then when you see them, you're like, hey. And that's what it was. You know, like, that's just what it was. Uh, but it, it felt good to be like, I'll see you. I don't know your name. I don't know mm-hmm. who, what, anything about you. But we have had, so, we've had hours of fun together. <laughs> I love it. There's sort of like that mystery and, and romance to that of just, you know, strangers passing by. I think life just offered more mystery than it does now, because of course now people are, you know, you can like pre-vet people, which is obviously much safer and, and probably preferable. But um, mm-hmm. back then the feeling was very much like, you know, I'm going out tonight and, you know, we're going to go to the club and I don't know if I'm going to get drunk or have sex or get killed, you know, all three but I'm going to do it. Whatever it's going to be, I'm down. Yeah. That was the feeling. Was the limelight your sort of performing home? No, the tunnel was. The tunnel was. Okay. Okay. Is that still there? The building's still there, but now it uh, turned into, well, actually they might've just knocked it down. Uh, now I want to Google it and see but the, for a while it had turned into like this sort of, all of them have turned into these like business spaces. It's really interesting. When I went back and filmed an episode of Pose, they were like, okay, we're going to bring you downtown and we're going to bring you to this place. It used to be a club 
and we're going to shoot you getting, you know, getting beat up in front of the thing. And it was the tunnel. And I haven't been on that street. And we were like literally waiting where I used to work before I worked in the club. I worked at the door outside of the club oh, wow. where we were shooting. And I, it was so full circle for me. Was that the scene in the car? Yeah, it was actually, it wasn't that scene, but that scene took place on the same street. Okay. If anybody wants to go back and look, it's um the scene where right after they're in the dressing room, I don't know why I know this so specifically, season two, <laughs> episode three, Butterfly Cocoon of Pose, right after they find out that there's a dead body and they're at the strip club, then they come, Candy's like, let me take you to my friend. And then they come across the street to me and I'm outside working the street that scene is shot in front of the nightclub. Oh, okay. Wow. That is such a full circle moment. It's so full circle, yeah. Okay, so of course you're on Pose, which I have not finished this series finale yet. I have the final episode. but So I just finished the, the finale part Get one. Going. Well, I needed to take a break because I was sobbing. Yeah. I was sobbing. Sobbing. I was like hyperventilating alone at 11 a.m. on Monday morning. Like, Where? Where are you at? The wedding? Where are you at? Yeah, Dylan, where'd you, where'd you finish? Where'd you get to? I don't want to say, but there, okay. there has been a, 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 they were at a dinner table. It, there, it was a, oh, a passing. Oh, no. oh yeah. Oh okay. Yeah. Yeah. Don't, yeah. Don't, don't spoil it. Although it, yeah, it's, it's, out it's, it's out there. It's out there. It's out there. It's out there. There was yeah, yeah, a moment yeah. though, that I was like, my breath was taken away when it was like the moment I realized like, oh, something else is happening here when they just finished the, the ball and they're outside and pray hugs Blanca and whispers in her ear. Ain't no mountain high enough. Oh my God. I literally could sob right now. Yeah. So powerful. I loved Pose so much. I mean, I think at its core, it's a show about life and how life goes on, even through (laughs) the tragedies and horrors. You know, it's just, it's an important show because there's nothing else like it. There's nothing else like it. There's nothing else like it. And the, where it ends up now, I won't spoil it, but like just the way that it, that, that they finish the finale is just so beautiful. And it's like, oh, it's like, asp- it's like very aspirational and it's like, okay, we're living, we're living, mm. you know, and it's wonderful to see. I, I didn't expect that they would be able to bring us where they brought us. And I was like, wow, they brought us, you know? Now, of course, you played Miss Euphoria, an iconic role, truly. And I talked about it on a recent podcast that so we can't throw the word iconic around a lot anymore, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use it for, for Miss Euphoria. How did being on Pose come about for you? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> they, they wrote the part and then asked me if I wanted to audition. And, and I'm sure I, I think millions of people auditioned. And, uh, and I auditioned. I had a couple of callbacks and then I um, landed the role just through my agency. Like um, it wasn't connected to anything else. I'm friends with many of the people I know obviously I know the writers and I know different people, but this was through a casting director and I, and that was lovely. And so I just, I felt good that I was able to get it on my own accord. You know, I understand what you're saying. I I think that's incredible. I mean, you've proven your acting chops multiple times now, and we were lucky enough to see you on Broadway, but before we dive into all of that, I think we should, we should go back to the beginning in some way. Yes. We want to ask you about your ring of keys moment as it pertains to a life in the performing arts, that moment you thought, I want to be a star. I'll tell you, there's the ring of keys moment that I had was I (laughs) was, I spent a lot of time trying to figure out as a kid why I wasn't interested in 
any of the stuff that like my mom was just like presenting to me to do. And I was like, this doesn't interest me. And I remember, I, I remember getting some yellow construction paper and some scissors and cutting out these yellow squares and going outside. The kids were already playing like kickball or something, bringing the kids from kickball saying, stop playing, come with me into our apartment, into my mom's room, climbed up into her closet. I took down a black dress. I took down a brown, I'll never forget, a brown um, corduroy jumper thing. I took down a denim overalls and she had this blue like, kind of robe thing. And I dressed, I was like, you put this on, you put this on and I'll wear this. They were all just a bunch of dresses. And the kids were like, okay. And then I took those yellow squares and laid them all the way throughout the house and led them to the TV where we sat down and we watched Wizard of Oz. Oh <laughs> and I was like, I just produced like this moment and there's no, like what we could have just put in the tape, <laughs> but like I had to do all this. And I was like, you know what? And I mean, that's what, I don't think I knew that now that looking back, that was my ring of keys moment, but that was just me saying, I'm doing what, I, what needs to be done. Of course we have to make bricks to watch mm -hmm. Wizard of Oz. And so... <laughs> I love so that it. was really that moment for me. I understand what you mean there because I look back on my childhood and I'm like, why did it have to be such a sort of reenacting the movie in order to watch it? Yeah. I love that. <laughs> These yellow squares are iconic. So you were obviously Dorothy. I was. Mm -hmm. It's true. I love it. That I think Wizard of Oz is such a special movie. And I and, and you're not the first person who shared something involving Wizard of Oz as a Ring of Peace moment. Because it is yeah. truly so universal. And it's, you know, it's it's a story about going over the rainbow and 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 finding home and identity. And oh my god, I'm gonna sob talking about it right now. But oh baby. <laughs> And so were you always singing as well? I was singing from a young age. I mean, I think definitely. My grandmother was a musician and she was teaching me to play the organ, not even the piano. And it's oh, wow. not the same. <laughs> no. <laughs> you, so this was like a church. This was like a church scenario. Yeah, but in her house, because she had a damn oh. organ in her house. Legend. What kind of I was just going to say, like, she with the piano, you could sit down at a party. It's like a total party trick. You can start playing a song. No, organ is like, it's very specific. That's so funny. And so I learned to play the organ and I like got rid of that knowledge as soon as I could. But she was very musical and we would sit and we would sing and she loved to do that. And so that was like my first like foray into really like singing before going to school. And then and then once I was of school age, of course, anything with performing. So I was in choir and I was in all the choruses and all the different performing things and drama club later on and, of course. and all the school plays and all that. And so then obviously when high school was ending, is that when you made the decision you wanted to continue doing theater? And that's when you auditioned at different places? I mean, yeah, I was I was terrified for high school to end because I didn't want theater to end with it mm. you know and I didn't know what I was gonna do and I didn't and I built like you know an identity and I built up more about who I am through these people through this drama club and in this space in the in the room that we had had it we'd I'd spent so much time cutting glass <laughs> <laughs> and so I was like what am I gonna do and so then it, you know then I was I applied for a Philadelphia School of the Art okay didn't get in yeah. <laughs> I know that's what you said earlier. You So then you obviously branched out. Were you scared to go to New York? No, no. I mean, I think I was nervous about just moving in general, like, you know, probably like anybody else going to school. Mm -hmm. I was excited. And, and, you know, actually one of the saddest things was, and I get separation anxiety, I guess, sometimes I emotionally attach to, to locations. Mm -hmm. And I 
remember going to, to the school after graduating and wanting to spend time there because of all the things that meant to me, but it didn't feel the same because everyone was gone. Mm-hmm. And, and I lived a couple blocks from the school, so I could just go right over and yeah. it was empty. And, and I think it was open while they were like cleaning it, you know, like you could still go in, but like, yeah, yeah. what's the point? Right. And everything was just quiet. And I, I couldn't take that. I was like, Oh, this is, this is tough. And so then, then I was like, get where, when does school, when does my New York class start? And I actually, <laughs> I stayed at home for a year and didn't go to college and worked so I could save up money and go. So you were ready. Mm-hmm. I didn't save up much because they about like two hundred dollars but whatever <laughs> that's enough i completely relate peppermint Pepper, what is your sign i'm just curious aquarius okay aquarius interesting connor and i are virgos so we have that same attachment to locations completely mm. it's like a sense it's like a bittersweet sentiment yeah Ugh, i totally feel that so when you moved on to new york was your dream ever i want to star on broadway no wasn't no i i nope I wanted, I knew I was going to school to learn the craft of acting. And I certainly learned some very good tools there at school at AMDA. But at the time, there really weren't any shows that spoke to me. There wasn't anything to ignite my passion Mm -hmm. in what we were learning. So I did my best and I, you know, I graduated, but like, I was kind of like, honey, but I mean, like I said, a weekend, I'd already found drag. And once I found drag, that's where my sights were set. Mm -hmm. And so, because I knew that here I am in school during the day, doing all this stuff. And then at night I would go to the club and that night at the club, uh, people were like so happy to walk through the door and they're happy to see you, even if they don't know who you are. They're right. happy to see you. And, you know, you have this camaraderie and you have, you know, there, here's this hot guy over there. What's he talking about? Uh-huh. And like, just like everything you want, you know, is what New York City nightlife has offered. That's that's how I looked at it as a, as a younger person. Sure, sure. And then during the day, like the next day at 8 a.m., I'm in tap class. Like, oh. And so I think I'd already sort of moved on from school about a week after being there. But of course I was in it. And that also like, there wasn't much for me. Like I was really finding who I was, finding my queerness, finding my transness. And there weren't, there weren't a lot of tools to do that, which is really interesting because uh, like a lot of schools, everybody comes as a freshman or a younger first year student. And they have like, like all these preconceived notions about what it's going to be. And they have all this. And then the first year teachers notoriously spend time trying to break that down so that they can get through to them and get actually learn. And that's really an important thing in the performing arts, like being able to be vulnerable. Mm-hmm. And that's just not something that a lot of people carry around with them when they arrive at college. Right. And so they spent a lot of time doing that. But for me, I was already accessible, but I wasn't able to plug into it. And I'm like, now I'm vulnerable, but what now? Like now I'm mm-hmm. trans. What do I, what do you have for me? And they didn't mm-hmm. have anything for me. And so that's, I kind of said, okay, I'm just, I'll, I'll show up and I'll just like sleepwalk through it. And so that's what I did. And then you, Years later, you become the first trans woman to originate a lead role. I can't believe it. It was amazing. And it was a wonderful, I was like, I even auditioned thinking, why am I auditioning for this? It's, <laughs> no, it's not going to work. But then when I had a couple callbacks, I was like, hmm, wait a minute now, maybe they are really interested. Uh, because the, until then, there really hadn't been any parts. I had never heard uh, someone casting a Broadway show say, we are looking for a Black trans woman. 
Mm-hmm. Like no one has ever said that. I've never heard those words. Mm-hmm. Wow. Never. Not once. For what? I can't think of any other, <laughs> any like roles, you know? Me neither. I was like, wow, well, I am. So let me go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I did and obviously got it. And I'm really gl- grateful that I did and thankful. It was a, it was a, such a learning experience and a great community to connect to and be a part of. And in that beautiful theater. I mean, the Hudson. Just gorgeous. Oh, the Hudson, the oldest standing functioning Broadway theater. Mm-hmm. We absolutely loved Head Over Heels. I justice for Head Over Heels. I mean, we got to see it the night in previews when the Go Go's performed at Curtain yeah. Hall. So we were oh, there that wow. night. Just, it just happened to be the night we were going, and that was so much fun. I think Laganja was there that night, just like attending. Yeah, a lot of the a lot mm-hmm. of the uh, drag race girls were there that night. Yeah, and um, then we saw it later in the run, like towards the end, and the life and the the magic of that show. Like every no one could leave without smiling. It was so. Oh, beautiful. Mm. And- you know who was sitting next to us was the marvelous Miss Maisel. Mm, oh yeah. Oh Rachel yeah. Rachel, 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 yeah. Yeah. She. Yeah. She. Uh, she came in. I think she came and saw it twice. <laughs> oh, I love it. That's the thing. We you had to go back. Like it was just that. It was such a beautiful show and that cast. Yeah. I mean, come on. <laughs> so good. Bonnie Milligan and oh my whole, gosh, come Taylor, on the whole Taylor Iman Jones. Yeah, and she is Taylor. I, I hope that they end up bringing um, her show to Broadway, uh, Devil Wears Prada. Devil Prada. It's yes. supposed to, but I don't really know what's happening. But this will be her breakout, breakout, breakout moment. Right now, she's in Hamilton. Right. But hopefully, we'll get some Taylor as the lead. Yeah, what's her name? Andy? I think you're the character yeah. of Andy. Andy, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, that'll be great. So was being on Broadway what you thought it would be? No. Okay. No. Because you're used <laughs> to like, good, you know. For better, worse, just different. <laughs> I think that, that it was really interesting. I, I, I explained to someone that the show was closing and they said, so, so is it going to come back next season? And I was like, what? And so people really do think about entertainment. And I think the ship has sailed. People think of entertainment digitally in terms of television and, you know, yes. things like that. Mm-hmm. It's just a sad reality. Yeah. But I knew that it would be tough. I knew that it would be hard work. I knew there would be a lot of shows a week. I, I knew that I would be exhausted having to do those things. But it's really the the preview um, process was extremely grueling because, you know, you do tech, which anybody who's ever done a play knows that tech week is like, like hell. Yeah. So you do tech week, but then... Then you do previews, but on Broadway, previews happen while rehearsals are happening. And so like you literally wake up eight in the morning, you go to do the rehearsals for eight hours and then, or whatever that, you know, and then you do the show that Mm -hmm. night, which sounds like, oh yeah, rehearse, then do the show. No, it's, it's so exhausting. And I said, I can't believe this. I said, this is, this has to be illegal. (laughs) (laughs) I was like dead. And the amount of work that it takes to, and investment of time and energy and how many times for one two minute scene is the songs in the songs out we're writing a new song we're changing the speech remember that song you did yesterday we're putting it back in the song that you rehearsed this afternoon taking that out taking the second verse of the first song that we did the first time you ever came here can you remember that because they were on in five minutes go and i was like oh my god God." and that's stress inducing but it's of course it's invigorating yeah yeah for sure but it's not easy that's a far cry from like hey you know this show needs you the celebrity left the show we need a celebrity to come fill in and learn and you have a rehearsal 
Mm-hmm. Oh, that that's what I'm supposed to do? Like, you just follow the machine that's already in place. I'm not minimizing what it's like to, to, to be like a replacement or to do sure. a put in. But, um, you know, it's, it's a different thing that you're dealing with, I'm sure. But just like the amount of like rehearsal time and like exhaustion, even before the show opens, is almost unbearable. Yeah. And you're attached to it for like such a a long period of time, too. So Months. You're like... You, you know, you sign on for like a year from when the show starts, oh, yeah. but you're rehearsing it and then you're in it and then you probably have to say no to other opportunities and you're right post Drag Race and you're like, <gasps> you know. Other opportunities? I said no to Drag Race. Oh, really? All-Stars? <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, had an opportunity to go to All-Stars. This would have been five or four? Four. four. Okay. I think. Yeah, it's been, you know, there's one every year. 2019, but... now there's one every year. There, yeah, there, yeah. there wasn't before. Well, you know, Peppermint, you've transitioned perfectly into this next topic because we, of course, need to talk about Drag Race. Of course. And I am a, I view it as a holy text. I am obsessed with Drag Race. I love it so much. I love you so much. And, you know, you're the final piece to the final four, all having crowns. Of oh season my nine. gosh. So Don't I'm just saying, I'm just saying, I'm sure, I'm sure you get so annoyed with people saying, when are you doing all-stars? When are you doing all-stars? No, I mean, I do appreciate it. I mean, I would love to do all-stars. My job, I think my job is to focus on looking out for accepting and or creating as many opportunities for myself in my, in my life as I can. Mm. And then doing my best at all of them, including yes. Drag Race. But if Drag Race doesn't want me to come on the show, or if it doesn't end up happening i still need to like live (laughs) oh yeah and so i would love to do drag race again you know hopefully i'll be able to in the meantime luckily i have a new show (laughs) which it was just announced and we are so excited about this congratulations so so you were in oh my gosh thank you yeah i was i was in canada filming for two months yeah i moved to canada for two months and that was a commitment Oh, yeah, literally. And, and was that like during the sprint? Like, well, that just finished. I was going to say, isn't Canada cold? <laughs> it, it was cold. It was cold yeah. and hot. <laughs> so what's the concept of the show? The concept of the show, it's basically, it's a drag reality show, competition show with sort of like the, the format is v- closely resembles, I guess, the voice or oh, like okay. the face for the Naomi Campbell OGs, the face where there's three houses. There's a bunch of potentials. A bunch of people are going to audition and okay. the three drag mothers will choose their and build their houses. And then the houses will compete week after week. And the house that's in the bottom, the, the mother has to choose who's, who to send home. Oh my God. This is intense. Oh, yes. It's intense. Wait, I love this. I think we need love drag race. We need more drag reality shows. Yes, we have two, we have so many people in the world. Mm-hmm. Like, that, you know, it's, it's like we love Pose, but we don't want Pose to be the only show that has trans people on it. Right. Yes. You know? Yes. Excellent. So true. Oh, my God. Well, I can't wait to see it. When does it come out? In the fall. Okay. I don't have a date yet. I don't know the date, but um, yeah. it, this, it premieres on Out TV this fall. And we're hopeful that people will like it, obviously. <laughs> I, I know I'm going to love it. And it's with Crystal from, or from UK. Dragon yeah, Barbada from Canada, uh, and who is a, a Canadian icon, and Crystal, the fabulous Miss Crystal, who is from Drag Race UK. By way of by way of Canada, <laughs> by way of Canada. So I was like, okay, maybe they knew that. It's sort of like maybe. how Courtney Courtney was here by way of Australia. Exactly. Sort of like that, yeah. mm-hmm. Well, I'm glad to hear that you would be open to going back for to Drag Race because one of my questions for you, Peppermint, was is if 
filming season nine and that entire experience was a good one. Oh my gosh. Yeah, it was. It was a good one. Uh, I mean, it was, it, it's really difficult to kind of qualify it. It was, mm-hmm. it was the only one that it could have been. I, I certainly wasn't like terrorized. And it's really interesting. The experience that I, again, remember, I attached to locations and I get really sentimental about these things. And so I was really emotionally I didn't want to leave the workroom, <laughs> but the workroom folds up and goes into a case. So then there's nothing, you yeah. know, that I have to leave. And so I'm very grateful that I was able to, to stay and was able to, or to, to stay the whole competition yeah. and make it all the way through. And because the first, when I got there, I was just like, this is terrifying. I don't know what's going to happen. I was paranoid uh, oh. that I was going to get sent home and that they were going to try to do something to me kind of shady and mm-hmm. it didn't happen. Or maybe they tried and they just couldn't, I don't know, whatever, Mm-mm. but I had a wonderful time. there connecting and bonding with the rest of the Queens and it was great. It's, it's known as one of the best seasons. It's many people's favorite. What? I don't know. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, look at, look at the winners and look at the working girls from that season too and of course we had your sister we had your sister Alexis Michelle on at one point and so <gasps> the Broadway the clat girls yes honey <laughs> yes but um I think it's interesting too that you were the first one in the workroom and then you were there till the end it is really I didn't think of it but I was the first one in the workroom and I was there till the very end I was never told to sash I'm the only person besides Sasha who was never told to sashay away Ooh. oh that's amazing okay wait so then you make, make it all the way to the finale and then there's a period of time between when filming and the finale happens and you're are you thinking to yourself oh wait i could i could win this this is real no. <laughs> <laughs> still some paranoia peppermint i want you to believe in yourself more because you've <laughs> got it you've got it you're a star baby thank you baby the thing is the last episode we filmed of the main part of the season while we were still competing well before the finale episode Cat- guess, category 12 is. category is you know, we filmed it the same way that they film all the others where they film and they film everyone going home. And so they filmed me going home first. And I know in the world of film, the thing that you want to do first, you do first. Mm. And then the other things are options. Interesting. And so I was like, okay, they're filming me first going home. So that's probably what's going to end up being the main one. But I rewind to the beginning of that episode, I busted my behind because I I was like, I have to win this episode. Now, there wasn't a winner of the episode. I thought that there was going to be a winner of the episode. There wasn't a winner of the episode. The winner was just, winning was just not going, getting sent home. And so I knew that I had done a very good job and would have been in the top, but there was no like, they weren't really scoring that Mm -hmm. episode. And so I knew I did a good enough job to stay and I could see it in their faces, in the judges' faces, that even though they're sending me home like first in the order, I could tell like the wheels were turning. They're like, no one's actually going to go home Mm -hmm. on this episode. Like Peppermint's definitely not going home. I had done the worst in the scoring. I'd only won one episode. But if there was one winner of that category, I think I would like to have thought I would have had a good shot at that. And so since that was the case, they made a decision. They called us back. I mean, I told this a million times. We were already getting out of drag. And they said, put your outfits back on and come back in here. We have one more thing to film. I did not know that. And they, I could tell they were being shady because they were like, something happened with the tape. Nothing. We didn't get anything. I was like, what, what happened with the tape? And they're like, just come back in. And like, they were just like, they're like, say whatever you need to say. Just get them back in here. And so we... Went back in and we were like, oh God, we're all getting eliminated. What's happening? (laughs) And of course they told us, you're all staying. And then it just felt too real. The the energy in the room, you're like, you know what? They just decided this. this." Because if they had had that in the plan the whole time, then they would have... 
just right, done it. Right. But we left and came back. This is obviously something that they had was sort of got them last minute, surprised them. And so I knew then that, okay, I'm going through the, obviously going through the, to the finale. But even once that happened, I didn't know, none of us right. knew what the finale was going to be. There was so much uncertainty that if it's just, if they're going to take the scoring into the consideration, then I'm out of here. Right. And so who knows? But of course I knew that my chances were good. And I certainly wasn't worried when I, when I realized that it was going to be live, like performance mm-hmm. and recording, because that's what I love to do. And the other girls at that time hadn't had that much experience experience with that and so for the category is i was feeling very confident oh and your lyrics legendary okay you definitely won that episode because there's that moment when i I think it's shay's versus last and then the three of you strut straight down the runway and you're in the middle and you cannot take your eyes off of miss peppermint let me tell Mm -hmm. you every time we whenever we pregame for a night out on the town we always watch category is it's like part of our rotation and whenever that moment happens i always say to everyone in the room i go who are you watching who are you watching? And everyone always says, <laughs> it's always you, Pep. You're in that purple. Aww, oh my God. It's, it's, it's amazing. <laughs> you definitely would have won that challenge. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you. All right. So we are sadly wrapping up here, but we like to end on a dose of drama, something to leave our listeners foaming at the mouths and sizzling and ready to dive into a world of, of culture and well, drama. So I'm going to kick mine off today. And my what I'm feeling dramatic about is this, because I've gotten some controversial responses to something that I said that I've been saying a lot recently, which is that I need to... Oh, the fracking? Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. I had to. I had to, Peppermint. <laughs> I'm weak. That was good, Dylan. That was good. That moment between you two, oh my God, iconic. I, I love that. The genuine laughter. Come on. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> but um okay i just watched all of mayor of east town on hbo and it was amazing but i realized while watching it that i have very complicated sexual feelings towards evan peters i think he's really hot and then i realized i mm-hmm. also think he's really hot in most of the seasons of american horror story he was in pose he's no mm-hmm. so he's cute right. and he can do cute and hot and i love him but not everybody agrees. Oh, he's so sexy. Thank you. So sexy. I think I agree. I, I, I don't know. I remember the one season of American Horror Story when he he had like the lobster hands and he was like, his party trick was like going to women's parties and pleasuring all the women. I remember thinking he was hot in that season. <laughs> <laughs> he was hot, period. Oh my God. I needed to say that it's Pride Month, so I needed to come out about that, you know? Yes. You know? I appreciate so cute. that. Oh my God. Dylan or Peppermint, do you have a dose of drama today? Well, we kind of touched on mine earlier, just that All-Star 6 was announced and there's no Peppermint on that list. But I will say, I have to say, we've it's a record number of openly trans girls on the show. So that is a snaps to that. Mm-hmm. So that's exciting. I don't know who I'm Absolutely. rooting for yet. I really don't know. I love literally almost all the queens. And so it's it's going to be a really exciting season. Almost. Who are you not rooting for? No, I'm just- I, I, will, I will be shady because she'll never come on. But I just didn't get the best from Serena Chacha her first time around. And okay. I'm, not, I'm just, I'm curious, I guess I'll say, but I, I think there's other queens who I think I would have preferred in that slot. And I think that's all, that's all I'll say at that point. I'll give okay. a hot take too. I think we've seen all there is to see from Eureka. Oh, wig. Okay. Okay. All right. Peppermint. I mean, she's, def- she's definitely been on the show. A lot. Yeah. A lot, mm-hmm. you know, and she, and she has another she's show. She's amazing on her other Which show. I think is great. I love that show. She's so good on that show. She's really able to tap into something with her, the, the way she's able to connect with 
you know, whomever they pair her off. It's a Southern thing. I think it's because she's from Tennessee. She has like that sensibility that she's able to really, yeah, I agree. Yeah. It's, oh, that show is so good. I hope it comes back. back. Mm -hmm. It is. It is coming back. Oh, it is. They're shooting, they're shooting another season right now. Literally every drag race queen auditioned to be on We're Here. No, no, no. <laughs> I don't think so. I think they just asked who they wanted to have okay. happen. I wondered yeah. while watching it. I was like, oh, this is a great trio. But I wonder if like everyone went out for yeah. it, you know? I didn't. <laughs> she was on Broadway. She was on Broadway at the time. All right, Peppermint, do you have a dose of drama for us? Yeah, my dose of drama is, I haven't been able to get over this. It's really petty though. That's okay. If I'm ordering food to go, there's a double, there's double drama. Okay. First of all, put utensils in the damn bag mm-hmm. if it's to go it's to go mm-hmm. so put the utensils in the back second one is why is it that salt and pepper to go packets don't have the same amount of content inside like the salt is like you put you open it and you're like drowning in salt and then you have to go through five like each packet only has like three granules of pepper uh-huh. why why can't they just put more pepper in in the in the thing do you know what i'm talking absolutely. about absolutely i have to be honest with you i have never used the salt and pepper packets oh well i'm gonna ship i'm gonna use ship them, them all to you time. i'm gonna put them all in a box yeah <laughs> and see just see for yourself and then send me all of your pepper <laughs> i will i can't tell you how many times i've gotten food to go and they leave out the utensils. It's yeah, crazy. and you're, what are you supposed to eat it with? I'm going to be on the road. I'm going to, I'm out. Mm-hmm. And you know what? I think that there are some foods, I'm so weird about this, you have to eat with You have to eat with utensils. plastic. Like I can only eat, only eat Chipotle with plastic. Like there's certain things. I ain't putting that, yeah, I'm not putting that on no china. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Eating it out of the container yeah, with exactly. a plastic fork. Yes. So give me one. I completely anyway. agree. Black pepper. That's isn't that one of your 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 EPs? That's one of my albums. Your albums. That's true. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I the love EPN it. EPN song. Mm-hmm. Your name is just you can just use it for so many different purposes. I love it. It's not the best, but no pep talks. <laughs> like there's so many different things in yeah. there. Well, listen, peppermint. This was a dream come true. Thank you for doing this Aww. with us. You are everything I thought you would be and more. <laughs> and there's a reason why everyone loves you. And you are just so talented and creative and generous. And everyone should, of course, follow you at peppermint twenty four seven. Right. It's true. That's my social. Wait, and that's both Twitter <laughs> and Instagram. It's everywhere. Everywhere. Good. Uh huh. Streamlined it. Um, and then of course everyone should follow us at the drama podcast, me at Dylan McDowell, Connor at Connor McDowell and happy pride. Everyone peppermint. We adore you. And Connor, I'll see you next time. Drama. Drama.